Hey, it's Mindy. I wanted to invite you to a free class that I'm hosting on how to become a coach. I'm going to tell you exactly what I did when I started my coaching business, why I did it, which you may resonate with, and most importantly, the top three mistakes that I made. Here's why. I don't want you to have to go through the same chaos that I did when really underneath it all, you just want to help people and make the world a better place. So if I can make that path easier for you, I am here for it. You can sign up for free at lucrative.coach. So that's not.com, lucrative.coach. Type that into your internet browser, enter your name and email address, and I'll look forward to seeing you there. I don't know about you, but at one point in my life, I actually believed it was more noble to be poor, to give all of my money away, to undercharge for my services, and to play small. What I didn't get at the time was that money can be a force for good. Good for you, good for others, good for the planet. So I've been on a journey for over a decade to heal my relationship with money and explore wealth in all areas of life. Today, I help aspiring coaches start what I call a freedom business, and I help established entrepreneurs ditch their scarcity mindset. I now see more money as more opportunity, greater impact, and the ability to do more good. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Hey, hey, welcome back. Today on the show, I have my dear friend, Marnie Kinris. Marnie, thanks so much for being here with me. Of course. I have, I brought my special equipment to come and speak with you. <laughs> okay. First of all, my massive explain, headphones. <laughs> let's explain this because the listener can't see you right now, but she literally is wearing the largest set of headphones I yes. probably have ever ever seen like do they yes. do do they have special powers or no something? there's no noise canceling or anything they just cover my huge ears I, this is the system that my editor told me to get for my podcast it's what i use i know other people have little earbuds i i like these we when we used to record our podcast in a studio we always had these like big earphones and it just made me feel so in the moment with the people that we were talking to that I, I have taken that away from the studio and now am using it in my own home studio. These headphones help me feel a little bit more professional and more in the moment. So I can keep full focus on you rather than thinking about my kids in the other room screaming with my nanny or, you know, whatever else is going on. Plus, I think I look good. You do look good. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a little bit jealous over here because, you know, my style is like, bare minimum nothing. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't use microphones. I don't I have all that stuff. It's in a closet somewhere in this house. But I'm like if you my sound good computer it's just the straight up it's a MacBook Pro. That's it. Nothing. That's what I have too. Okay. Well there see, you go. You see, must have a better you one than me. <laughs> You're just using that as like a, a physical boundary maker. <laughs> Maybe. It's my anchoring system. That's what exactly, it is. exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get into who you are, what you're all about. And this show is talking about money and mindset and wealth and these kind of things. So we'll get into all of that. But let's begin with this. Can you talk a little bit about your money story? And that is okay. um, when you were growing up, like, did you have money? Did you not have money? What, what was the deal back then? 
And then I'd love for you to bring us up into the future and talk about what you're up to now. Okay. So I grew up very comfortable, but I grew up in a very wealthy community in Toronto where we were probably not on the very wealthy end. So therefore I felt like the poor person in that community. So even though we were quite comfortable, I felt quite uncomfortable <laughs> because I know this is like people are like boohoo for you, but it, it, it sort of messed with my psyche a little bit thinking either, you know, we didn't have all of these things that other people were able to have 10 of or 15 of. Um, I am right there with you. I'm super excited to hear. Okay. That's interesting. I, I had this very, very similar experience. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, I, I have talked to many other people who did have a similar experience. Um, and it's always nice to, you know, hear from other people so that you don't sound so snobby saying it. You're like, no, I totally get it. Um, but the other interesting thing was that I grew up in a household where my father is a um, child of the Holocaust. So he has a very interesting way of looking at money that I still haven't fully figured out. But Marnie, I did not know this about you. Oh yeah. 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 He, yeah. His parents were in the Holocaust. And, um, so they have this mentality of like, we save everything we don't spend. It's, you have to spend very strategically and sit on your money safer. Like there's, and I don't actually fully even know the full conversation that's going on in my father's head. Um, but it's definitely been passed on in some way to me where I, I don't really spend on myself. I get very fearful of not having money. And I've been trying to work on it for the past couple of years because it, uh, I, not that I, I have an abundance mentality, but when it comes to money, there's something strange around it. I get so scared to spend money. I will go on Amazon and like debate four different versions of the same thing that are off by 10 cents. And like, I don't know like, for 10 cents. It's just, it's very strange. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit of a, a, a cheapo, cheapo or Frugal, I guess is the right word. I don't spend a lot on my clothes. I've never done that. But now lately I have, you know, the most money I've ever had for myself personally in my life to be earning that. And I, I kind of like that. I still have that mentality. I'm not, I'm not sort of sold by shiny things, which I thought I would have been because of my upbringing of being around all those people who had so much. I do feel that not being able to have those things maybe kept me a little bit more grounded. And then also having this mentality of you got to sit on everything that you make and never spend a cent. I think um, I'm, I'm working away from that so that I'm spending a little bit more openly and freely and getting nice. more comfortable with nice. money. You know, probably that's part of the reason why you and I got along so well is neither of us are into the the glam and the yeah, expending and all of that. So that's, that's really interesting for me to hear that. Tell me about what you're up to now. You have helped hundreds of thousands of people all around the world in a very unique way. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, it's men specifically as well. So let's people. talk about what you're, what you're helping them do, because yeah. honestly, before you go into this, I didn't even know this was a thing. I well, never, I didn't know it was a thing okay, before so I started I, doing it. I want to so. hear also how you got into it then, because when I met Sean and I heard that this was a thing, I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's so funny because I feel like the whole world understands it because I'm in it. But yeah, people are just like, what do you, what do you do? That's so great. Anyway, I'll tell you what I do. So I coach men on how to understand and attract women. 
And there is a whole industry dedicated to helping men around the world do exactly, you know, what I just said, understand, attract, seduce, get, date, text, whatever it is, helping them be better with women. And I was the first woman owned company to be a part of that world. Cause when I became a part of it and I met Sean, that was a very underground world at the time because it wasn't really popular for men to ask for advice on how to get girls, uh, which meant that it was also a little bit more seedy because it was more underground or a lot. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And involves a lot more trickery and objectification of women. And I do feel, I don't know if this is actually true, but once I became a part of it, I feel like I was a part of helping it steer in, in a new direction where it was about helping men become better men and stronger men so that they can attract the women that they want. And then also obviously learning all the skills and tools and techniques that they need to do it, but do all of them with complete authenticity and integrity instead of trickery and objectifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Thank you for cleaning it up. (laughs) Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Now you've been doing this for a long, long time. I mean, way before I knew you. So how long has it been? Way before you were born. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I've been doing this for, I guess, 16 years, which is so long. It's so crazy, but a very long time. And I love it still, which is kind of crazy. Well, that's exactly what I want to get to, because I know that you love it still, and I love that for you. But talk to me about how it was having an online business, doing coaching, doing products, whatever that is, throughout this whole 16 years. I mean, you must have seen so many shifts and changes just even in how you do business. Well, when I was starting, I feel like the internet was just starting, right? (laughs) I kind of was at that point. I remember I was a in-person service at first where it was me and another wing girl and we'd go out with you and we'd pick up women for you. And then I went to the seminar for David D'Angelo, who is also Evan Pagan. And I met Sean at that seminar for the first time as well. And I was, my eyes just opened because I was like, what is this online world of selling programs? That's so interesting. And right away after that seminar, when I learned what Evan was doing, I just like literally copied what he was doing, like an opt-in page and videos and then selling a program. I just did exactly what he did. And I created a 18 minute video and I sold it for $27. And there was a whole bunch of people at that time, as I said, who were in that world of giving advice to men. And I just networked with them and I had them interview me and expose me to their lists. And I did the same for them. And that initially was what grew my business. And that was my first step into the online world. And now I have about, you know, 16 different programs, uh, three different tiers of customers and coaching clients. Um, And this year we're getting into more high ticket sales, sorry, high end uh, coaching programs that are two months and three months and three months, $3,000 and $6,000 and $9,000. So it's definitely transformed from an 18 minute video for $27, which is cool. And, but hard and scary and challenging. And I've cried a lot throughout this process. And I would say that the initial love that I had for helping men has has shifted because now I'm a business owner and not just this girl who wants to help guys. So it's been talk interesting. To me, talk to me a little bit about that, the, the mindset shift and the inner workings of what has transpired 
in between this this goal of yours you know marnie because here's what's so interesting and i've been thinking about this since you and i recorded for your podcast yeah I was telling you about a lot of my work is helping people figure out what their purpose is, you know, what they're here to do. And I was listening back to our conversation on your show and you kept saying you help people find their passion, their passion. And I'm like, that's so interesting because I don't, I don't term it that way. And I don't even really think of it that way because I feel like it's more of a passion sounds to me fun sometimes, but purpose is right. It's freaking hard, <laughs> but you know, that's interesting to it. And I think to your point earlier on, you probably had the passion to help men and just help them get themselves sorted out, but maybe you're growing more into this purpose that, that is hard. And that does come with tears and all of that. What do you think about that? Oh, that's interesting. I like how you, you, you said that because I, I think that is what the shift is, it, that it was more fun and free in the beginning. I mean, I was hustling and going like crazy, but I, I, I loved seeing myself make more money when I was in the very beginning stages, but I, I also really liked the, the ride of it. I loved going to speak at different seminars. I didn't care if I was being paid. I liked going what, for my first year when I hired a publicist, I, I went to New York and I had three days of just like going all over the city, going to different publications and radio shows. And I didn't care if I was being paid for any of that or if I made money from it. Like I just wanted to go because it was so fun. So you're right. It was very in line with the passion of the fact that I had a cool business. People liked hearing what I had to say. And I, I was very immersed in the content that I was providing to people. And then as I started to say, or to take things a little bit more seriously, I think I was always taking it seriously, but as maybe I got into new stages, I don't really know where the shift happened, but I, I, I didn't look at it as this is my purpose. I just looked at it as, okay, this is a business now. And I have to do the same thing every year. It took a little bit of the passion away. And even though I still really like what I do, there's a lot more of what I don't like to do on a daily basis, but you're right. It does in the end serve my purpose for being here and, and for, I think my end goal of, of the way that I want to leave this earth of making it a better place and an easier space for men and women to communicate. Well, I would say that you've already done that because- Thanks to the point earlier about hundreds of thousands of people that have, you know, are, are in your world, no doubt. So many of them. Are, yeah. He changed my life. So you're, you've already done it. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually, sorry, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I rarely do this, but the other day I got a notification from YouTube telling me that 85 million people had viewed my videos last year. A lot of people or 85 million views. I, like that's huge. Like, and I, I just sort of breeze past that usually. And I'm just like, okay, well, let's just keep going. But I've been trying to, to be more present and like really looking at the things that I'm doing as opposed to just trying to get to the next thing. So yeah, it is, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Super cool. So talk to me about how you think about money and specifically how do you define what wealth is what is wealth to you oh gosh 
gosh, I, this is a hard question that I did just answer recently with my therapist. Um, <laughs> but no, but because um, we were talking about money and like the way that I see money, money does not bring me happiness. I have definitely learned that over the years. It's, it's cool when it's in line with what you're trying to accomplish, because that's sort of what I use it as. It's a metric to see if what I'm doing is working. But that is definitely not bringing me joy or happiness. It brings me comfort and calmness. So that is my relationship with money. When money is steady for me, I feel very calm. When it's not so steady, because I had a couple of years where I, I go by what my Stripe account says every single day. I know that on an average, I make a certain amount. If there were certain days or multiple days in a row where I was making below that, my heart would stop pounding. It would ruin my entire mood. I didn't understand what was going on. Everything else was the exact same. So it, it would put me into a very negative spiral. So money is tied to how calm I am. And then what does, what, what did you say? That's a good question. How would you define wealth? Define wealth? I don't know. I don't really know how you define wealth. What does it mean to you? Like if I'm talking about wealth, I talk a lot about wealth on this show, but I recognize that probably every single person, you, me, every other person that's been on this show, when I say that word, something, it's different in our head like for me well i was watching this stupid show on netflix the other day we were trying to like let in a half an hour pass by while our kids were playing in the other room so we we're watching um it's like the crazy rich asians real life did you know what i'm talking about it's on netflix anyway but I it's like seen it, but i do uh, know what I'm talking about but it's like that for me is wealth like when you just have that much money that it like your life is just absolutely insane that's what wealth is to me, it's not people who make a few million dollars a year, even though that is having money. Wealth is like extreme wealth. When I hear that word, that's the first image that pops into my head. Like, you know, the Monopoly guy, like he's, he's wealth, you know, owns all these properties. His, it, he lives off of his interest, which is like a million dollars a day. Like that's wealth. This might be the best answer I've ever gotten on that question. Yeah. I think of the Monopoly guy. <laughs> yeah, like a guy with a top hat. Like he's like he's got money. He's got enough money to like not do anything all day except for like dress up and wear a top hat and be riding on a horse or something. Yeah, I don't know. Manage his properties. <laughs> right. I manage it. No, somebody else is managing his properties. He's just like enjoying life and buying 80 million pairs of shoes. I, like that's what wealth is. <laughs> it, that is the best answer I've ever gotten. So I want to go back to something you said earlier about when you become fearful or, or have become fearful of not having money. What are some of the ways that you've learned how to manage that fear? You know, if you pull up your Stripe and you're looking at your account and something's a little off for whatever reason, does that still cause you panic or have you kind of no. done things to... I mean, if it was an extreme dip for many days, it would cause me panic. But now, because I've seen it go through so many cycles that I know it bounces back, I'm a lot more calm about it. So like, for example, I started doing advertisements a couple of years ago with Facebook and Google. And in the beginning, some of my accounts would get shut down. And suddenly that would be a huge dip in revenue where I was making X amount of dollars one day, I'd be making like 
40% less the next day uh, and continuing on for a week and a half potentially until it came back on. And that would freak me out. But I've learned over time that happens. It comes back on. You uh, have people review it. You appeal it. It comes back on. And it'll, because I am not doing anything wrong. It just needs to be reviewed because of the content matter. And then it will almost always go back on. And if it doesn't go back on, then I'll figure out another way to find another stream of revenue. But, it, you know, that took some time to get to that place. I just, I feel like now I have the right team in place and a much, much better mindset about my own capabilities to make other things happen. It's a pain to have to, you know, shake it up and do something new, but I feel like I can always keep bringing things back and getting it back to a good level, if not better. And it's interesting because you asked about my mindset around money. It, this, I think the thing that has slowed me down from the growth of my company for the first 10 years of my company was fear of spending on my business. There are some people who just dive right in, like you gotta spend money to make money. And I always thought I was spending money, but I would, I was just like so careful and cautious about what I spent and who I spent on. Cause I, I had a couple of times where I spent so much and I didn't get anything for it. And then I would not spend. So I, I think being too careful in the past or cautious in the past has bit me in the butt. And I've been much better about spending in the past six years. And that really has made a drastic difference on my business. How did having kids shift any money mindset stuff for you? Money, well, well, because not that I wasn't always planning for my future, but now I have to make enough money to put my kids through college, dress them, feed them, give them great experiences. I think I spend more on my children than I do on myself. I think most people do, but yeah, kids are expensive. They're freaking costly. They're like a million dollars each or so. I forget what it is. There was like some graph that, <laughs> that came out. I remember after we had our first child, somebody sent this to me and they're like, by the time they're 18, you're gonna spend this much money on your kids. And if they go to private school, this is how much you'll, it's just, it's just insane. So it, it definitely, you know, shifted. It, it shifted my mind more, not really from a financial point of view, um, just from like the fact that I now had two corporations to be running or even three. I have my marriage, I have me as a mother and then me as a business and then me as an individual. So there's just, just multiple things to a take. A lot going of. on. <laughs> yeah. So that, so the, the amount of hats that I wear now has definitely expanded and you know, most often that mom hat overpowers the other hats, which is kind of sad. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I'd love to, my, my thing, people who listen to this show have heard me say this probably a million times, but I'm always like, I don't understand how anyone with children gets anything done because it's hard enough for me to me get either. <laughs> but like, How does Sheryl Sandberg do it? I don't get it. Like, I, don't I can't even I don't sit up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but you have two very active boys. How do you do it? How do you get stuff done? Uh, I, I'm just an anxious person who I cannot sit still. <laughs> it, I, that's the only way that I get stuff done, to be honest. Is to be anxious? Is to be like, okay, I got to get this done now. Like my husband hates it. He's a, he's an introvert. He likes to, you know, let things ruminate. And I know that's why he and I get along. I know, and, but it's very frustrating. You people are frustrated. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it is challenging. 
And as, but if I see something, I've got to get it off my plate right away. And I don't do it to just get it off my plate. I just, I want to get that done so I can go on to the next. But it, that does stop me from enjoying things, which is kind of what I was talking about before with the purpose of enjoying, you know, attention or enjoying success. I'm trying to, to do that a lot, a lot more, but it's, it's challenging. I'm exhausted and you're, I can't fully give my brain to the spaces that I, I want to give it to. I'm trying, I'm listening to classical music while I work now. I'm trying to be mindful at night and say what I'm grateful for and like all those things. So I'm putting those practices into place, but it, yeah, it's still just a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot, especially in today's landscape. You and I were talking, I don't know, a few months ago, maybe, and you as an extrovert were like, I am climbing the walls with this whole lockdown quarantine thing. So one question I have for you is just how are you? Oh, I'm actually really good right now. I, I I feel good. I think I had said before, oh God, I wish I was single during this time. I'd have so much time to like work on myself and learn all these new skills. I'm so jealous of all the people now who have like learned guitar and piano and Spanish. But I think like, I think because our family's been in such tight quarters, we're, it's allowing me to evaluate myself a lot more. So I may not be doing courses on self-help. I'm doing some, but I'm getting more time to really look at the things that I do in my day-to-day choices and rethink them and reshift my, my, my mind, like the way that I, I view things. So that's been really helpful in the conversation that we had before, and this is only three or four months ago, was saying that I wasn't really like, I didn't feel happy. It was all blah. And I feel like the world is feeling that way. We're bored and blah, but I, I don't know. I think after that conversation, maybe just getting it out there really helped. And especially to you, because I think I'm sure you were giving me great feedback, but I think that that just sent me on a path to kind of not correct that mindset, but look into it and see if I can find some solutions that can help me feel better. And so I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, happy go lucky woman now, but I feel much better and I feel calm and I don't feel like that I'm in this negative spiral anymore. I'm in a much more upward space now. Well, I love hearing that. That is awesome. That also perfectly sets up my next question for you. It's a frame, a four-part framework. Oh, okay. Is based on an acronym called HERB, H-E-R-B. And I'll just walk you through each part and get some feedback. And the reason I ask this question is it gives us kind of an insider's look into how you operate and how you set up your world so that those people who may be listening and they're like, oh, I would love to have a business that is successful like hers can understand, you know, some of the things that you do to create that. So the H in herb stands for habits. What are mm-hmm. some of your habits? I'm looking around my desk right now. What are some of my habits? I know, <laughs> I know that you ask other people this question. They're like, well, I do this every morning and that, that, that. I, I don't have any habits. I'm trying to establish them. Um, I'm trying. Not necessarily daily, but could be weekly, monthly. I, I try to work out as much as I can. Um, I try to get outside for at least 15 minutes a day and get some vitamin D and movement. 
I take lots of supplements. <laughs> I'm now starting to listen to classical music while I work uh, from YouTube with the brain classical music, the brain power class, um, classical music. Option. Very good for your brain. That's awesome. It's great for, it's waking my brain up for sure. I, I don't have like daily practice. I have been trying to do, you know, before I go to sleep, I say what I'm grateful for and I'm getting my sons to say it back to me and trying to wake up in the morning and say, okay, it's going to be a good day to get the day started. I think that, that I mean, that's it. Like literally my, my, my days look very similar every single day. I have like very similar breakfast. Very, I know these aren't the habits that you're talking about, but I will be honest that sometimes when I do hear these other entrepreneurs talk about their daily habits, I'm like, oh, I'm never going to be a successful entrepreneur because I don't like wake up at 4.30 and take like an ice bath and then do that. I don't do any of that stuff. I just do my day. And I know what you're doing, Marty. You know what you're doing? You're doing you. So to me, this is so refreshing because I have raged on social media about this multiple times. I'm like, you do not need to wake up at 5 a.m. to be successful. You're an example of that. I'm an example of that. Like, every, you know, these famous people out there are like, this is how to be successful. I'm like, yeah, that's great. That works for you. It doesn't work for everybody. So it's right. refreshing for me to hear you be like, I don't have that many distinct habits. I'm like, thank goodness. And you're yeah. okay, good. Well, then I'll tell you about how I'm not <laughs> Like them, you know? <laughs> um, no, no, that's really good to hear. Well, actually, I just watched um, this masterclass with Matthew Walker. He's a sleep expert, and he was. Just I talking- love that book. His book. Oh yeah. Oh, you read? Okay, so yeah, he's amazing. It. He's yes. amazing. But so then you know this already. Like everybody's internal clock is different. Like there are some people who actually function off of less hours who don't need that amount of time. Most people actually do need that amount of time, but if, if they can condense their REM sleep into that period of time, then that's just how their internal clock works. And they're functioning off of that system. For me, I don't pop out of bed in the morning. I literally will keep my eyes closed until my son comes in and starts poking me and says, good morning. <laughs> and I'll go, get out of here, come back in 10 minutes. And then I'll come back in 10 minutes. And then I get up and then we go downstairs and we make like, you know, the whole day is a, a pretty much repeat of, of the day before. Like um, Groundhog Day. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we're trying to spice it up a bit. We went, we went for a nice walk last night for 45 minutes before putting the kids to bed. And we're, this is my husband's goal of like just doing something interesting every single weekend. Interesting doesn't have to be like exciting. Like we're going sledding or like skiing. It can just be, okay, we're going to go watch the sunset in Santa Monica, which we did on Saturday. That was awesome. Like nice. such a good experience. So, and the kids loved it. So we're just trying to do like, and we're not crazy successful with doing it all the time, but we're just trying, just trying to keep it a little bit interesting. I love that, keeping it real. So moving on to the E, the E in herb stands for environment. How do you set up your physical space, your environment to win? I mean, you mentioned the music, which I really love. Yeah. What else do you do? Like, what is, what's your space like so that you can be at your best? My space has to be tidy. Like if, if I were to show you my husband's office right now, I, I would hope you would throw up because it's disgusting. I'll it tell you like, what, Marnie, I would not throw up yours. because that's how I am. Oh, it's horrible. Oh my God. Sorry. I can't, I don't even send the cleaning lady in there. I'm like, don't. <laughs> I wouldn't even let a cleaning lady. Oh, see? Yeah. Like, oh God. It's, but so my, my office is very 
tidy. I don't have too many things on my desk. I have like a bowl on my desk right now because I just ate before talking to you, but that's pretty much it. I just, I can't handle clutter. If there's too, that distracts me. If there's clutter, that means I have, I, I need to go clean it up. I don't like that. So I make sure that my space is as tidy as possible and then I can start my day. And I have a very similar routine every single day where I get in, I do my emails, I do my email coaching, and then I do a businessy stuff. So then I, that's different every single day, depending on what's going on. But that's, that's like how I set up my space and my routine. Yeah. I was, I was married to somebody like you. So I get, oh, it. I know. <laughs> I get I, it. It's so interesting. Like I just had a conversation with a Myers-Briggs expert um, and they were just saying introverts and extroverts, they just attract each other. Like, like that's, that's the best match. Like they are the ones who seem to want to be with each other. And exactly what you just said about like you had a me, and I have a you here, like these, these types just seem to be drawn to each other in some way. It's so true. It's so true. But it makes for very, very fun friendships. I will say that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So the R stands for resources and resources could be anything from books, courses, programs, whatever, whatever type of resource. But what are some of the resources that have impacted you specifically and that you would recommend to others? See, I'm horrible with this. Um, I'm not a reader. I'm just going to put that out there. I had a stroke when I was 20 and I just have not been able to consume written content since then. But I do listen a little bit to audiobooks. I'm more of a video watcher. Like I, I love watching those masterclasses right now, like from the actual masterclass yeah, website. I, I just love consuming that content. It's just done so well and it's perfect for my attention span. And each person is like really interesting. So I will say I love that Matthew Walker masterclass right now on sleep. I think it was so helpful and beneficial what else have I really been? Oh, I just, you had him on your, uh, your, I don't know what you called it, your summit, uh, Chris Voss, who's been everywhere. Oh yeah. He's been on this podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. He, I um, watched his masterclass and I also actually, so I have this thing called Blinkist right now. And it, so this is amazing for me because I can only pay attention for like 10 minutes, but it breaks down like some of the best nonfiction books, 4,000 of the nonfiction books into consumable bite-sized information you can listen to an audio and then also read as well so I've been trying to read those to my kids while they're playing around me like just I have all these self-help books that I'm trying to I, I don't know if it's actually working but like hopefully through osmosis it's sinking into their brain but I read Chris Voss's and watched his master class which I thought was amazing I like watching people and listening to opinions that that's like what I absolutely love and that's where I gain my information from Nice, nice. So moving on to the B, the B stands for beliefs. What are some of your core beliefs or the ways in which you see the world that have really allowed you to create what you've created in your life? Okay. Well, um, the only way to get what you want is by asking for it. I, I don't believe people are going to give you things. And I don't believe that if you just sit there, somebody's going to figure out that you might want something or need something or that you have this special power. You oh, have but to Marnie, show people. Marnie, all those like, newbie entrepreneurs are like, no. Well, well too we bad. All, like, haven't we all gone through that where we're like, yeah. I just wish so-and-so would discover me or have me on their show or 
you know, retweet me. <laughs> like we've well, it doesn't done. happen. doesn't happen. Not by doing nothing. Not by doing nothing. You, you have to go out there and make people hear you or have people hear you or figure out a way to get in contact with somebody that you want to hear you. They're not, it's the same thing in dating because that's what most guys come to me for because they'll go and they'll say hi to a girl and she'll, you know, shut them down in some way. And they're like, don't they, doesn't she know that I'm this amazing guy? No, she knows that you said hi to her and you looked at her strangely. That's all that she knows about you. She doesn't know anything, but if you want, you can show her. Open your mouth a little bit more and keep trying. Don't be beaten down after somebody turns away from you for, for a second. So um, that's one of my core beliefs. And uh, I'm not really sure how to, how to say this core belief, but I, I just, I really believe that you can do anything that you want to do. I, I guess that's the way to phrase it. Like it may look different from the original picture, but you, you just gotta keep going. You, you can really achieve anything. And, and maybe that's like a, you know, a spoiled child meant to, I don't know what it is, but I really, I really just think that you can, you can do and get what you want, but you gotta do things to go do it. It's not gonna just come to you. Well, if it is a spoiled child thing, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, Marnie, this has been absolutely awesome. It's always, always good to talk with you. Oh, you too. So thankful for you being on this show, but even more so thankful for your friendship. I want to end with just a, a tiny, tiny story of something that occurred way back when, because I think this speaks volumes to who you are. A long time ago, and this is actually when you and I met, Sean and I were on the run. <laughs> we were fugitives at that time based mm -hmm. on some things going on in his life and uh, we were having this really chaotic really dramatic trip we land in LA we connect with you he's like my friend Marnie is there we got to hook up with her so we we see you and Sean's like having this whole experience it's very it was a big deal but you looked at me and I remember you were sitting across from me and you actually reached out, you put your hand on my knee and you were like, but how are you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this girl, we're going to be friends forever because <laughs> that just meant the world to me, uh -huh. even amidst the chaos that he was, that he was and was creating, <laughs> mm -hmm. as you well know, you were just like, okay, whatever, Sean, how are you? And I just so appreciated that. I've appreciated uh -huh. your friendship ever since then. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I, I noticed that in a lot of certain relationships that one person does tend to take center stage quite often. And the other person sits back a little bit and doesn't like shove to also get the attention. That's probably the, the hardest position to be in. And that's definitely where you were, not even because Sean was going through this chaos, but because Sean was who he was, you know? So he's the one that you have to give attention to. So. Um, it was much more important for him to get the attention than it ever was. Yeah. So I was like, cool, babe, go for it. Yeah. I don't remember doing that. I, I believe that I did, but I'm glad that I did. Well, thank you again. If our listeners are interested in checking you out, what you're up to, see what you've got going on, where would you like them to go? Uh, go to winggirlmethod.com or you can go to YouTube and just search for wing girl and I will pop up and I have about 400 videos up there that they can watch uh, to learn more about how to attract, date, seduce, and get a girl. 
Awesome, Marnie. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lucrative Society. You can find free resources to create your lucrative life at lucra.com. That's L-U-C-R-A dot com. Or join my crew of rebel entrepreneurs as a member of the Lucrative Society, where you'll get monthly coaching directly from me and resources to grow your business and yourself. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.